Welcome, great people of God. You know, we are having some rough times in our world today. Uh, we've got a storm coming down in the New Orleans area. We've got trouble in the Middle East. We, we've got the virus still among us. We've just got all kind of issues going on. Have you ever thought that God is trying to get our attention? That God is tapping us on the shoulder saying, can I have your attention, please? Well, today, Reverend Alicia Starnes is sharing a message with us, helping us to understand that God is trying to get our attention. Let's go into the message. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor, for that selection and first giving honor to God, who is the head of my life, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to Bishop Starnes and my dad and to our missionary supervisor and my mom, to our pastor and first lady, to Reverend Wanda Cutherson, Reverend Taisha Cutherson, to all of the members and friends of Wesley Amazon Church. I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Greetings in his, name. in his name. Thank you. It is truly an honor to be able to share with you this morning um, thank you, Reverend Cupperson, for reading our scripture earlier. I will ask that you all would turn back to that scripture with us. It's Psalms 2, and we're going to lift up verses 2 through 12. I was really struggling with the, the sermon for this morning. I got up and I was like, am I supposed to do this? What you want me to preach today? And um, I was listening to the Sunday school lesson, and it just fit right in, so... That let me know that I was headed in the right direction. So um, Psalms 2, we're going to lift up verses 2 through 12. And I'm going to read it this time from the Good News Translation. And verse 2 says, their kings revolt. Their rulers plot together against the Lord and against the king he chose. Let us free ourselves from their rule, they say. Let us throw off their control. From his throne in heaven, the Lord laughs and mocks their feeble plans. Then he warns them in anger and terrifies them with his fury. On Zion, my sacred hill, he says, I have installed my king. I will announce, says the king, what the Lord has declared. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask and I will give you all the nations. The whole earth will be yours. You will break them with an iron rod. You will shatter them in pieces like a clay pot. Now listen to this warning, you kings. Learn this lesson, you rulers of the world. Serve the Lord with fear. Tremble and bow down to him, or else his anger will be quickly aroused and you will suddenly die. Happy are all who go to him for protection. So for just a few moments, I would like to share with you from the topic, may I have your attention, please. May I have your attention, please. Let us bow our heads for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to proclaim your word once more. I know, Lord, that I'm not worthy, God, but I ask that you would be with me as we preach your word to your people. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. For Lord, you are my strength and my redeemer. Amen. May I have your attention, please. There's a lot of things vying for our attention in today's world. People, social media, work, family, school, friends, and even Satan. 
Then there are those of us who are obsessed with being the center of attention. We become so consumed with having the attention of everyone else that we lose focus of what is important. Have you ever thought about whether or not God may be trying to get your attention? In the text that we just read, David is speaking of the people of nations that make their own plans. He refers to the nation's vain attempt to create anything without God. The scripture tells us that his, this only leads to God's anger. In that day, God did not even intend for the people to be ruled by an earthly king. However, these people wanted so badly to have a king that God ended up granting their desire. As a result, throughout the Bible, we see how this ended up in the destruction of various nations because their leadership was not of God. In this particular passage, we see how David says God laughs at the plans of these nations who think they are taking things into their own hands. However, they don't realize that God had already chosen the king he set apart. God was simply saying to the people, may I have your attention, please. In the same way, there are times when God is trying to get our attention. There are several ways we can know that God is trying to get, to get our attention. I'd like to share three of them with you today. The first thing, God will disrupt our plans to get our attention. When you are able to, I'd like you to read Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. At that time, everyone spoke one language. The people decided they wanted to build up a city and place a tower in the city. Now, there was nothing wrong with them building the city, but if you read verse four, you'll see the motive behind their decision to build up the city. And that's why I said, I knew I was headed the right direction this morning, Sunday school, we're talking about motives. So you have to understand the motive behind their decision to build up the city. Verse four says, then they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. See, the flaw in their plan was that it was selfishly motivated. And it's at this point that the Lord decides to come down and say, he says, I'm gonna go and see what these people are down here doing. And when he sees that the people have, what the people have built, God decides to disrupt their plans. He says, I have to do something because if I don't, they're gonna be able to do anything they put their mind to. And that's okay, but not when it's done out of the wrong motives. So God confuses the language of the people. Could it be that God saw their motive, their ambition, their drive to be famous, their self-interest and their decision to do these great things independently? There is no mention that they talked to God first. There is no mention that they even considered him in the equation. They were depending on themselves when God simply wanted them to lean on him. God will do us the same way. We can have plans for our lives. We can map out exactly how it will go. Sometimes without even thinking, we start to make plans independent of God, just like the people in the scripture. Sometimes our plans are for selfish gain. 
Sometimes we only make plans with ourselves in mind. When it seems that our plans are always being interrupted, maybe God is simply saying, may I have your attention, please? Can you consider for one moment in your planning what I have in store for you? One thing we have to realize is that God's plan for our lives is bigger and better than anything we could ever think of or create on our own. Not only will God disrupt our plans, he will use restlessness to get our attention. I'd also like you to jot down Esther chapter six, the whole book of Esther. If you haven't read it, please read it. But if you don't know the story, Mordecai overheard two of King Xerxes' guards plotting to kill him. He told Queen Esther who reported it to the king. The king records in his book that Mordecai saved his life. So sometime later, Haman, who is the king's highest official, becomes upset with Mordecai for refusing to bow to him like everyone else in the empire. So he then decides that Mordecai and all the Jews should die. It's decided that all the Jews will be killed in a single day. And they choose a date in a year later, they choose a date a year later to carry out their plans. Mordecai immediately begins praying and seeking God for protection for his people. So one night around a year later, King Xerxes is dealing with insomnia. And it got to the point where he couldn't sleep. So he started reading a book where he had recorded what Mordecai had done. Just as Haman was about to impale Mordecai on a pole, the king summoned him to his quarters. And he asked Haman, Haman, what would you do to honor a man who pleases and, uh, and who pleases you? And Haman assumes the king is referring to him. So he tells the king to do all these great things. The king then tells Haman to do all of those things for Mordecai, the guy he was planning to kill. So see, God used restlessness to get King Xerxes' attention. Had Xerxes been sleeping, not only would Mordecai have been impaled, but the Jews would have been wiped out. And there are times when God will put us in a situation where we are forced to listen. So the next time you have a sleepless night, maybe God is saying, may I have your attention, please. We all have restless nights, but the next time consider why you are restless. Is it because there is something God, is there something God wants to say to you? Is it because there is something God wants you to do? I'm pretty sure Xerxes did not think this restless night will ultimately save the lives, not only of the Jews living then, but of the whole world. His sleepless night saved the lineage of the people Jesus Christ came from. The next time you have a restless night, whisper a prayer and ask God to speak to your heart. Open the Bible and there may be some words you need to apply to your current situation. Or maybe like Xerxes, your restless night may save someone else's life. So not only will God disrupt our plans, not only will he cause us or allow us to be restless to get our attention, but he will also use a conduit to get our attention. Last scripture I want you guys to jot down is 1 Samuel 3. Um, and 1 Samuel 3 talks about Samuel and Eli. Samuel was Eli's student. And Samuel began to hear someone calling his name, and he thinks it's his mentor, Eli. 
After a few times of him being called, Eli realizes that it's God calling Samuel. So he tells Samuel, say to the Lord these words, just say, speak, your servant is listening. It's at this point that God tells Samuel that he is about to destroy Eli and his family for the things they had done. Eli knew his sons desecrated the temple by having sex in it, and he did nothing to punish them. The text says that Samuel was afraid to tell Eli what the Lord said. Even though he was afraid, with a little help from Eli, Samuel ends up saying everything God told him to say. The scripture goes on to say that God blessed Eli, and all of Israel recognized him as a prophet of the Lord. God continued to speak to Samuel in that way. A conduit is a natural or artificial channel through which something is conveyed. Sometimes God has used other people to say what he wants us to hear. We have so many distractions and some of them get in the way of us hearing God's voice. I also believe that sometimes God uses other people to say things to us so that we are forced to accept it as true. Sometimes God may use other people to remind us of the things he has already said to us. There are times when God may tell us things, but we don't want to accept what he is saying. We ignore his voice. So then he uses someone else to say, may I have your attention, please? Who is your conduit? It could be a pastor, a parent, a sibling, a significant other, a teacher, a coworker, a supervisor, a complete stranger, or even a child. God chooses the conduit he desires. We just have to be open to being receptive. I found it ironic that God used Samuel to tell Eli he was about to destroy him and his family. This lets us know that God can use anyone to send us his message. So remember not to get caught up in who the message is coming from. Yes, Samuel was only a child, but God used him to deliver a message of fatal judgment on one of Israel's most powerful families. As I come to a close, Woody Allen once said, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Allen is not, Allen is not saying that we shouldn't make plans. In fact, all throughout scripture, God shows us the opposite. But what he is saying is that when God is not in the plans, they are useless. They mean nothing because God already has a plan in motion. I told you earlier that attention is a focusing of the mind on something. What are you focused on? What has your attention? Maybe it's work, maybe it's the significant other, maybe it's money or popularity, maybe it's your family, maybe it's church work, maybe it's yourself. All of these things and so much more vie for our attention every single day. And God is just simply saying, may I have your attention, please. Can you make time for me? Can you listen to me for just a moment? Can you let me take you back to the place where I was your first love? Yes, I know it's been rough. I know you've been let down. I know people have mistreated you. I know people have turned their back on you. I know you've made mistakes. I know you don't know what's gonna happen next. I know you may not see a way out of your current situation, but if you would just give me your attention, I promise I will speak to you. I will guide you through. I will be with you through the fire. 
God is simply saying, may I have your attention, please. Amen. What a word for every one of us, but that all should come to repentance. He wants salvation for us so much that he allowed his son Jesus to die on the cross so that every one of us can have a right to the tree of life. Every one of us can receive the gift of salvation and have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So the first thing I, I want to do is offer or give you the opportunity to invite Jesus into our lives. You say, what do I have to do to be saved? Well, first, we all have to repent of our sins. We have to admit that we're sinners, want to change, but recognize that we cannot change ourselves. And then we have to exercise saving faith by trusting Christ's sacrificial death on the cross as the only thing that can make us right with God. Not our own righteousness, not our good deeds, not our church work, only his atonement. And finally, we must, with our mouths, but from our hearts, invite Jesus Christ into our lives as Lord and Savior. And you can, you can be saved today. Just pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord, I confess I am a sinner, but I am sorry. Today, I turn from my sins and I turn to you. I believe you died for me and rose for me. And I open my heart to you. Come in, Jesus. Forgive my sins. Change my life. Save my soul. And today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus Christ's name, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Now, if you if you prayed that prayer, it is so important that you know that heaven is rejoicing right now. And it's important that you let Pastor Jones or if you have a church home or pastor, your pastor know that you received assurance of salvation today. And if you've never been baptized, it's important that you be baptized in obedience to Christ. And if you're not a member of a church, it's important that you join a church so that you can be discipled properly. And of course, the Wesley Church with our pastor, Pastor Jones, would be glad to receive you. And we are so happy for you. And now I wanna pray because not only is God wanting our attention about salvation, 
but he's wanting our attention about some other things. He's want, wanting some of us who are saved to give him our attention. So I want to pray before I turn it over to the pastor. Lord, thank you for speaking to us through Reverend Starnes. And thank you for all the ways that you get our attention. Some of us, you're calling us to some ministry or another. Some of us, you're calling us to forgive somebody so that our fellowship with you can be restored. And then some of us, oh Lord, you're, you're wanting us to launch a ministry or to meet a need in somebody's life or to share our faith with other people so they can know how real you are. But whatever it is, Lord, that you're getting our attention about, we don't just want to hear you, we want to obey you. Keep speaking to us. Keep showing us how we can please you because we are grateful for all the ways you're changing our lives. And so thank you, oh God, and, and never stop getting our attention. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And amen. We will turn it back into the hands of preacher for the hour that she might give us a benediction amen again thank you for the opportunity to share with you all this morning um if our hearts and minds are clear let us bow our heads for the benediction now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his presence to our, to our God who is able, if you allow him to have your attention, be our wisdom, power, glory, and honor. Let him be with each of us throughout our week. Let us apply the scripture to our daily lives and that everyone will go in peace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.